0: and Welcome to episode 295 of 40 going on 14. I am Mike. I am Patrick.
1: I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And of all the strange and unbelievable things you'll find in the world of Mary Poppins, the most unbelievable is Dick Van Dyke's British accent. That was in the
0: trivia that I was looking up that he did that Cockney accent and the entire cast and crew went, that's terrible. But nobody had the heart to tell him yikes i know what are you gonna do you gonna tell dick van dyke
2: yeah it'd be like trying to control uh jim carrey during his cable guy phase like dick van dyke had one of the top 10 shows in the world he was a huge superstar at the time and he was like you know supposedly like the height of comedy and like you're not gonna tell him hey you know tone it down tone
0: it down dick
2: fuck you i'm dick van dyke who the fuck are you
0: i'm tom I'm Dick Van Patten. And I'm Josh.
1: Wait. (laughs) We just did that.
0: Yes, this week we're doing Mary Poppins. It's a uh, we're going Mary Poppins 1964 up against Mary Poppins Returns. Dun dun dun
3: 2018. Uh, Oh, not that one. What? She was a zombie. She came back. Um yeah, Uh, no.
1: If you like zombies. I guess. You might like the shows on the Podcast Collective, I guess, such as I Am Salt Lake, Tales from the Hard Side, The Empty Rant Podcast, Talk Music to Me, and of course, The Rad Dad Radio Hour.
0: That was kind of anticlimactic at the end there.
3: There was a pause there.
2: But it started off sounding like the What's Happening song.
0: I know, I know. And I'm not even sure what, what instrument he's playing anymore. <laughs> it's the electric womper.
2: It's, it's, it's the guitar with one of those uh the, the Peter Frampton voice modulators on it.
0: <laughs> Dude, the guitar is talking.
2: A voice modulated guitar.
0: The thing no one asked for. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's why
0: Joel plays it.
3: <laughs> it's my Kazuma phone.
0: All right. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Zumba phone. Josh, is it about that time?
1: No, we, we haven't said where we can be. Gone. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <And> <laughs> yeah. we Joel. just had to critique Joel's Rad Dad Radio Hour and went directly off a cliff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, If you're looking for this stuff somewhere else, iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, Talk to you, Podverse FM, Noon FM, Pod Chaser, Spotify. Leave us a review. Leave us a call. That's... Uh, 708 now rap, 708 669 9727. And as tradition, Josh,
1: do we have a phone call? Uh, No, I actually was checking that uh, while what? we were. I was like, okay, I'm going to be ready this time. <laughs> and wow. then we never got there. So now it's about that time.
0: All you right. Know, what's up with
1: these people right? not calling us?
0: This week
2: in music, movies, and TV,
1: and sports.
2: And I'm Josh. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and I'm Dick Van Patten.
2: All right. This week,
0: the theme is August 27th, 1964. <laughs> We're getting out of the 70s on this one. It was the release of the first Mary Poppins.
3: All right. So, music. So, the number one song in the land was The Supremes, Where Did Our Love Go? That's a good song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. So the Beatles appeared in Canada for the first time on August 22nd, performing in Vancouver, Vancouver, John <laughs> Vancouver, <laughs> <Van-Cougar Bellencamp>.
1: Vancouver, <laughs> <laughs> Vancouver town. <laughs> I think he was a guy you fought in punch out. <laughs> Vancouver.
3: <sighs> <sighs> they performed at the Hollywood bowl in Los Angeles, California, the following two nights. The two concerts were compiled as a live album, The Beatles at the Hollywood Bowl. The following weekend, the Beatles performed the first of two stadium concerts at Forest Hills, New York. All 15,983 tickets were sold out. After the first night's concert, Bob Dylan introduced the Fab Four to marijuana. The first meeting between the legendary artists took place at the Delmonico Hotel in New York City.
0: Now, is that the one where Bob Dylan gave him the joint Ringo took it and didn't realize he was supposed to pass it and smoke the whole thing. Explained so much.
2: <laughs> he pulled out the bag of marijuana and, uh, you know, he's like, hey, guys, that's smoking. They're like, hey, we've never tried marijuana. And he's like, what are you talking about? What, what about that song you sing about getting high? And they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you know, the end of that, uh, I want to hold your hand where you're talking about, I get high, I get high. And they're like, no, that's I can't hide. <laughs> <He's> like,
0: <laughs> oh, Misheard lyrics.
2: Yep.
3: He introduced them to weed. He gang, is weed. I get high. It
2: was the first time they ever got high.
3: And then they recorded Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. All right. And finally, Perry Arlette Reed, professionally known uh, by her f- former stage name, Pebbles, is an American singer, songwriter, businesswoman, producer, and music executive who was born on August 24th. Reed is perhaps best known for her hit songs during the late 1980s and early 1990s, such as Girlfriend,
1: Mercedes Boy, and the acronym of the week, GYTB. Which I'm pretty sure just stands for Grab Your Terrifying Balls.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's racist.
1: Against terrifying.
0: I was going to say terrifying balls. I don't think that's a race.
2: Well, I'm insulted by it.
3: I think Pat's just feeling left out. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. It doesn't include me. It wasn't the radio edit,
3: Pat. Grab your terrifying ball. That was a radio <laughs> edit.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, that was uh giving you the benefit.
3: In addition to a recording career, Reed created the contemporary R and B group TLC. I did it right. Reed is currently an Atlanta based minister known as Sister Perry.
1: Moving on to movies. The top movie in the land was Mary Poppins, which knocked off The Beatles' A Hard Day's Night. Ooh. That's crazy. Those two were in theaters at the same time. Right? Well, 64, I mean. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things like you can know it intellectually, but like walking into a theater at the time and those two are playing at the same time, it just blows my mind somehow.
0: Yeah, it seems like they would be on totally separate timelines. Yeah. Like the world that has Hard Day's Night doesn't have Mary Poppins.
1: All right. On September 2nd, Keanu Reeves was born to an American father and a British mother in Beirut, (laughs) Lebanon. That is presuming you believe he was born at all, not created at the dawn of the universe.
2: That fucker is immortal.
0: Mm. All signs point to you being right about that. But I did not know that I had the same birthday as Keanu Reeves. Whoa. That's kind of neat. So TV... Top shows in the land were Bonanza, Bewitched, Gomer Pyle, USMC, and the Andy Griffith Show.
3: Shazam!
0: Very '64.
2: That was the bad part of Andy Griffith Show. This is towards the, the towards the, the, the decline. Yeah.
0: What is it, When like they started getting gangs in town and stuff. What is that?
2: No, like um, this was like that was the last season of Barney Fife, and once Barney Fife left the show.
0: Oh yeah, no. And then it wants... turned,
2: and then it turned into Mayberry R.F.D. It was like the sitcom okay. version of of Jefferson Starship is what happened to this show. It just the longer it went, it just like its zombified corpse just stumbling on.
0: All right. So, Gracie Allen, sixty nine at this time, American actress and comedian who teamed with her husband George Burns in the Burns and Allen Show, died of a heart attack on August twenty seventh. Good night, Gracie. Say
3: good night, Gracie. That's kinda of
0: sad because because then, yeah, then he went on for another what forty years after when he didn't
2: he died post two thousand, right? I, when did he? I don't know. I, off the top of my head, I don't know. Yeah. But he had a, he had oh, he, on it. my he had my favorite line about uh, getting old. He said any anybody can be he can live to be a hundred, all you gotta do is not die.
3: <laughs> he died on March 9th, nineteen ninety six. Oh, okay. Oh.
0: Still that was Quite a run for him. What he was, I think it was like hundred and two or something.
2: Well, apparently he's not going to confirm it. All
3: so. right. <laughs> uh he was born in eighteen ninety six, so one hundred. Wow.
0: That's crazy. Uh Dana Gould, American comedian, actor, and writer for many television sitcoms, was born on August twenty fourth.
2: He's one of those guys, uh, you either know him or you don't, basically. I don't I don't know him personally But I know
0: who he is Blair Erwin Underwood Born August 25th American television film and stage actor and director He played attorney Jonathan Rollins On the NBC legal drama LA Law For seven years He has received two Golden Globe Award nominations And three NAACP Image Awards And one Grammy In recent years he's appeared in The New Adventures of Old Christine Dirty Sexy Money In Treatment, The Event when They See Us and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.
1: Huh.
3: Do I know that guy?
1: That was kind of uh, my reaction, too. With that list, I should know who this person you probably recognize his face, I'm sure.
3: You don't. You should know Blair Underwood. Oh, well, yeah. you know
1: what? Stra- it, what's weird is the Irwin threw me off. I know that's oh. dumb, but it, it was the middle name. Like, as soon as Joel said Blair Underwood. Yeah. Okay. Hmm.
0: All right. So, on then, August twenty second, match of the day, one of the longest running shows on British television, premiered on BBC Two with Kenneth Wolstenholm as its <laughs> presenter. Each Saturday during the English soccer football season, the show would feature pre-recorded highlights of the day's games. Wolstenholm, Wolstenholm, whoa, oh. wolf, What's that <laughs> from?
1: <laughs>
0: Slow girl is bad. No, Haunted Honeymoon. That's what that's from.
2: Oh, I thought you were joking. I was like, really? That's like one of your favorite movies. How do you not know what that's from?
0: I have a lot of favorite movies that they say woo in.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Still funny. (laughs) Yep.
2: All right. Moving on to sports. Mats Wielander, Swedish tennis player and winner of Seven Grand S- I'm not going to do that. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was not going to... Yeah, no. Winner of Seven Grand Slam singles events was born August 22nd in Viajo. Uh, Vai- Vaijo? Any ideas how to pronounce that? No, no, man. You wrote this. A- anyone? I was going to say any, any... You know, hmm. no one? Yeah, that's, we're going no. with that. But... <laughs> Viho.
3: i I think it's vancouver (laughs) vancouver the umlauts is what's thrown
2: oh samsonite i was way off in 1988 he won the australian open the french open and the u.s open that's impressive i'm impressed (laughs) masanori murakami became the first japanese player to appear in an american major league baseball game coming to the mound during the eighth inning as a relief pitcher for the San Francisco Giants in their game at Shea Stadium against the New York Mets on September 1st. During his brief appearance, Mashi Murakami, formerly of the Nankai Hawks of Japan's Pacific League, struck out two players and allowed one single in his team's 4-1 loss to the Mets. After he proved to be a successful player during the remainder of the season, The Nankai Hawks would demand to have him back. Ultimately, the Giants and the Hawks would agree that Murakami could play the full 1965 National League season and then would have to return to Japan.
3: Hmm. Hmm. Go home now. You'll be here four hours.
2: (laughs) And lastly, on August 30th, engineer slash designer Norman Manley Recorded the only back to back holes in one ever as recognized by the Guinness Book of World Records on the seventh and eighth holes at Delvale in Saugus, California.
3: You misspelled Guar.
0: That's impressive. Mm-hmm. Because it's a rarity that anybody would get that once, much less one right after.
2: Yeah, twice even in the same like week is impressive to do it. Yeah, back to back.
0: So na,
3: na, 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 na. <laughs>
0: I'm going to punch you square in the dick.
3: <laughs> hey, t- keyboard Joel never closed out the segment. So.
0: Right
2: in the dicknut.
0: Yes. <laughs> now it's closed. That's the theme for this year's. Right in Joel's dicknut.
3: <laughs> I don't know where that's located.
0: You're going to find out because it's going to be swollen and
1: sore.
3: <laughs> it already is.
1: Grab your terrifying balls. <laughs> <sighs> that's racist.
0: <laughs> All right, then. All right, so. <clears throat> yeah, Mary Poppins, nineteen sixty four. Pop Fuck! Why it's off? <sighs> my lungs still hurt. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Tyler, your sex tape.
0: Yes. <laughs> Wait, I like that one. It's in my <laughs> sinuses. Oh. Ew! Ew! All right. Five, four, three, two, one. So 1964, the movie Mary Poppins came out. Uh, The description I got from IMDb was terrible, so I went down to the bottom and dug one up. It says, when Jane and Michael, the children of the wealthy and uptight Banks family, are faced with the prospect of a new nanny, they are pleasantly surprised by the arrival of the magical Mary Poppins, embarking on a series of fantastical adventures with Mary and her cockney performer friend Bert. The siblings try to pass on some of their nanny's sunny attitude to their preoccupied parents. That's written by J Welch, fifty-seven forty-two. So,
2: did you really almost pronounce it J-Welch? I almost said J-Welch. J-Welch.
0: <laughs> you never can tell with internet, internet, uh, internet handles.
2: Yeah, you com- combine internet handles and Mike's ability to just read anything written down,
0: <clears throat> and there you have a shit what a show. What <laughs> up, All right. So yeah. So this is. directed by robert stevenson uh disney alum uh does such wonderful movies such as bed knobs and Broomsticks, perby rides again the love bug Mm. one of my favorites blackbeard's ghost
1: Mm. yeah i don't know that i've ever seen black ghost
0: oh it's it is just think with a blackbeard yeah that's what it is um He also did uh, Son of Flubber, Absent-Minded Professor, and before that, uh, episodes of Alfred Hitchcock Presents and Zorro. So he's been around for a long time. This, uh, written by Bill Walsh and Don D'Aragrati, and based on the book by P.L. Travers, who had definite opinions about this movie. Right? Yep. Yes, he did. Yeah. Uh, Became a thing in the post-2000s.
3: And a movie in and of itself. Uh, Yes.
0: Mary Poppins, played by the one, the only Julie Andrews. Dick Van Dyke as Bert and Mr. Dawes Senior. Unfortunately, in the um, in the credits, Mr. Dawes Senior is listed as being played by Navsakid Kayad, which is Dick Van Dyke mixed up.
1: Yes, directly backwards.
0: It is directly.
3: What?
1: D-I- Read it backwards. El- <clears> it's not spin. quite,
2: but yeah, yeah. No, it, not, really, well, not exactly backwards.
0: D I K C. It's 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 as good as they get, I guess. Because
2: um, dyke would be spelled, you know, dyke would be spelled dyek, and mm.
1: so on. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. They uh, transpose two letters in two spots.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, also, David Tomlinson has played. Uh, George W. Banks, the father, uh, also from Bed, Knobs and Broomsticks, when he plays Amelius Banks, the uh, the grifter from that movie, and was also in such things as The Love Bug and Tom Jones with Albert Finney and Susanna York.
1: Whoa, whoa,
3: whoa,
0: whoa! Uh, Glennis Johns as Mrs. Winfred Banks. Uh, definitely know her from uh, things. If you she was in the movie, one of our favorites, called The Ref. Uh, just last thing she was in was called Superstar, uh, where she played his grandma. Um, one
2: of the best lines in the riff was about her. He's like, your husband ain't dead, lady. He's hiding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. She's so sweet in this one. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, very much the post-60s uh, face. Harmony uh, Badly is Ellen the Maid. <laughs> what? What's her? A duster. Oh. A duster. Duster.
2: Oh, He's making a Hermione I, joke. Uh, she well,
0: uh, actually, she moved on to... She played the voice of Auntie Shrew in The Secret of Nim, Which I think may be ripe for a remake sometime soon. I'm sure it's coming.
3: Oh, yeah. With the rock.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as, as the owl, Rita Schraw. I've got your secret. <laughs> Rita Shaw's <laughs> Mrs. Brill, the cook. Um, <clears throat> from such wonderful movies as Mary Poppins, The Ghost, and Mr. Chicken. Ooh. Yeah. And uh, her last movie was actually *Escape to Witch Mountain*, which I think we did, didn't we? We did. We, were that. we did. With yeah. *The Rock*. Yeah, *The Rock*. Is there nothing he can't do? Uh, Karen <laughs> Dotrice
2: fit <the> <clears throat> <clears throat> through a tiny
1: door. Yeah, <laughs> 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 he just busted.
0: Karen Dotrice. Uh, Jane Banks moved on to other Disney stuff, such as uh, *The Nome Mobile* and *The Three Lives of Thomas, Thomasina. I don't know what that is. It looks weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, also played in the Thirty Nine Steps and uh, was actually in a cameo in Mary Poppins Returns.
3: <gasps> really, I yeah. missed her.
0: Yeah, she actually. Well, we'll get to it later. She said that uh, later. Uh, she said like the thank, please and thank you, what whatever they sang at the end of the end of the letter. She said that line. Uh, Matthew Garber as Michael Banks um, didn't do anything past uh, 1967. Because he died. Because he died at age 21. Did he really? Yes, he did. I was yeah, totally was, kidding. That was, I was my guess a, as
2: well. But,
3: yeah. A gallows <coughs> humor kind of joke, but oh shit. Sorry, man. Funny, funny
2: joke, Joel. Funny joke. Oh, yeah. Fuck.
3: Yeah, he was an
0: Indian got hepatitis. That's real funny there, Joel. He died soon being hemagoric necrotosing pancreatitis.
2: He died of a horrible, horrible death. Horrible death.
0: And you make a I joke hope. about it.
2: Way to go. Yeah, there's, there's Way to go. Way to go.
0: You're such a jackass. Um, Elsa Lancaster as Katie Nana. Lanchester. Lanchester. Sorry. She was the Bride of Frankenstein. Yes, she was. And she was also Jessica Marbles in Murder by Death. One of my favorite movies. Oh. Huh. Yeah.
3: You can tell her chin. She's got that dimpled chin, pointy chin. Um, and I, I I didn't even realize she was in this, and I immediately recognized her. I was like, oh, it's the bride.
0: <laughs>
3: so uh, also... I put this in there
0: because Arthur Treacher played the constable. He is He's known for such things as this, the Little Princess, Stowaway, and Heidi, and having a chain of fried fish fast food restaurants.
3: What? I
0: want to go. No, they're not around anymore. Do you don't remember Arthur Treacher fried fish?
2: Oh. I'm hot for Treacher.
0: <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah. I'm with you on that one. That's good.
1: <laughs> Uh, He was the,
0: that was kind of like a, um, what's that, nasty, the nasty fast food fried fish place?
3: Captain D's?
0: Long John Silver's. Long John, yeah, something like that. It was like that, but it had like a a British uh, twist to it. So there was like Argyle, and that it looked very British inside the restaurants. And he was the uh, spokesperson for it and put his name on them. There were over 500 locations of this restaurant around the United States. And was bought out by or- something called the Orange Company and then sold eventually to Mrs. Paul Seafood.
3: Huh. Wow.
0: Yeah. I. You guys don't remember those? No. No, I've never heard of them. Really? Oh, nope. man. They had, they had decent fish. So, uh, Reginald Owen is Admiral Boom. Uh, he was in such great stuff as Of Human Bondage, A Study in Scarlet, where he played Sherlock Holmes, and uh, Personal Property, where he played Claude Dabney. Huh? Yeah, his last Interesting. Yeah, his last one uh, that he did was well, he actually was in Bedknobs and Broomsticks and his last movie was a uh, one called Topper Returns.
3: Oh, I remember the Topper movies. Yeah. Uh,
0: finally Uncle Albert is Ed Wynn. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, just in such amazing comedy classics as Alice in Wonderland, Mary Poppins, Babe's in Toyland and The Diary of Anne Frank. Yikes. his last movie was a Mobile in 1967
3: I've never heard of this movie now I've heard of it twice
0: gnome mobile the gnome mobile yes is another one that's that's ripe for is
2: that that like a a mobile like what hangs above a baby's bed
0: no 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 like a car full of gnomes oh okay what else would you think it was man seriously
2: like a thing hanging above a baby's bed
1: a baby gnome
2: (laughs) (laughs) Ah. if it's a gnome
1: mobile (laughs) just a bunch of gnomes in a crib batting at a bunch of like mushrooms hanging. Uh, No, no,
2: gnome is where the heart is.
0: All right, moving on to trivia. (laughs) When founder and now
3: gnome
2: sweet gnome, would that have been better? No,
0: no, you you need to stop.
3: No more of this, Pat. Oh, that was that was clever. That was
2: that was clever. Joel
0: gets a point. Patrick is at negative three. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) When founder and now former chief archivist at the Walt Disney Archives, Dave Smith, went on to search for the snow globe from this movie. Could find it nowhere. Had little birds flying around St. Paul's Cathedral. Uh, Eventually, he found it sitting on a shelf in a janitor's office. When asked, the janitor explained that he saw the snow globe sitting in a trash can, but thought it was too pretty to throw away and just put it on the shelf because it was nice.
2: Well, you're fired.
3: What well, was in the trash can, dibs?
0: Yeah, I mean, he, like lunch. He doesn't know.
3: So <laughs> <laughs> I found the eclair. <clears throat> True.
0: Uh, also, Walt Disney cast Julie Andrews for the lead after seeing her in Camelot on Broadway. Uh, she mentioned, "Hey, I'm pregnant," and he said, "It's okay. We'll wait." And they hold it off, held off the filming until uh, until the baby was born. And then offered her then-husband, Tony Walton, the job of designing costumes and some sets for uh, Mary Poppins. They also gave the couple a personally escorted tour of Disneyland and the studio to help them make up their minds.
3: That's pretty awesome, I gotta say.
1: Well, what makes it even more awesome, and we didn't talk about when we first mentioned her, and this trivia doesn't mention it, this was her feature film debut. This was Mm -hmm. her first movie. So they delayed filming and did all this for basically a relative unknown. All
3: based on her performance in Camelot. That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not surprised it's Julie's, but still.
1: Yeah. But at the time that was like, yeah, it's Julie Andrews. That's her name. Cause no one knows who she is.
3: Right.
0: <laughs> She's from Vancouver. Just <laughs> not. All right. So moving on. <clears throat> Step in time. That sequence had to be filmed twice because after they finished filming it, they discovered that there was a scratch on the roll of film from the first take and they had to do it again which took an entire week so i'm sure somebody got
2: yeah. cameraman looks up when they're done they're like was, was i supposed to be rolling
1: yeah <laughs> yes. i feel like i want to pound nails into my eyes when we lose like a half hour of talk and <laughs> <laughs> have to do it again
0: all right so moving on again The scene where Mr. Dawes Sr., Dick Van Dyke, has trouble negotiating the step in the bank's meeting room was not originally in the script. Uh, Dick Van Dyke, during the makeup tests in the projection room, uh, Walt Disney saw him entertaining crew members uh, between takes. uh, Basically just horsing around in the costume and doing the stepping down routine and trying to do an old man trying to get off the curb without hurting himself. Uh, Disney was completely convinced that Van Dyke was perfect for the role, but specifically requested that crew members then build a six-inch riser on the boardroom set so he can do that specific routine. So there you go. Uh, well,
2: he he wasn't
1: one of the kings of Pratt Falls and in, in physical humor at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah I'm not sure if that's awesome or stupid. What that that's why he got the Well no, that that they are like, we love this guy, but let's make him do this one comedy bit. And, and build the set around him doing this one comedy bit. I, I'm not sure if that's cool or not. I'll
0: well, be, go ahead. Say I would go with cool just because it's, it was like, I don't know. I don't know that Dick Van Dyke actually needed to be highlighted in front of Walt Disney, but that's a cool little story.
3: I mean, if Uncle Walt sees what you're doing and he's like, I like that, I'm going to design an entire sequence just around this. It's pretty cool. Uh,
1: okay. Yeah. You put it that way. It is cool. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: So.
1: Well, now I hate it.
0: <clears throat> of course you do. <laughs> the filmmakers didn't inform Karen Dutrice or Matthew Garber about some surprises that were going to show up in the movie. Karen's dumbfounded look when Mary Poppins takes out item after item after item out of the uh, carpet bag, and her scream when Mary Poppins gives them the medicines of different color were actually genuine. They also did not tell the children that Mr. Dawes Sr. was Dick Van Dyke, and when they were doing the stepping off the scene off the Curb scene, they were super worried that that horrible old man was going to fall down and die. Which I think terrifying children is fun. So there you go. Uh, lyricist Robert B. Sherman searched for two weeks for a catchy phrase that could be Mary Poppins' anthem. He uh, actually came across the title of this, of what he wound up doing when his son Jeff came home from school one day and announced that he had just received a polio vaccine. Thinking that he had gotten a shot, he said, did it hurt? And he said, no, they just gave it to me on a cube of sugar, and I swallowed it down. The shot? Yeah, he he swallowed a syringe. That's what he did, Joel. Wow. Way to take the magic out of it. Sherman tried the idea on his brother the following morning, and then put the phrase to music, and a spoonful of sugar was born.
2: Shouldn't it have been a sugar cube instead of a spoonful?
3: Just a square full of sugar makes the medicine go down. Put the acid
2: stand. on the
0: sugar cube and then you eat it down. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Just a spoonful of sugar makes the syringe go down.
0: I mean, honestly, if you drop an acid on a sugar cube, it may explain all the shit the kids saw through the whole movie. That's true. Yeah. So, P.L. Travers never forgave Walt Disney for what she saw as a vulgar and disrespectful adaptation of her Mary Poppins novels. In 1993, 29 years after the release of the film, stage producer Cameron McIntosh approached Travers about a musical theater version of her work. She initially refused, citing the film as a reason why she would never again allow an adaptation of Mary Poppins. After several meetings, however, she relented though when Macintosh suggested using the songs from the Disney film in the production, Travers again balked. After much more pleading, Macintosh convinced her to allow a stage production with the songs from the film and the strict proviso that no Americans participate in the development and further that no one involved with the film version, including the original film composers Robert B. Sherman and Richard M. Sherman, both of whom were still alive and working at the time, could participate. Macintosh proceeded with development of the stage adaptation for several years without any involvement from Disney per Travers' wishes, though after the author's death in 1996, the Walt Disney Company was allowed some degree of creative involvement and went on to co-produce the musical with Macintosh. The musical would ultimately debut in London's West End in 2004 before opening on Broadway in 2006. It received seven Tony Award nominations, including Best Musical.
3: And if you want to see a movie about it, check out Saving Mr. Banks, starring Tom Hanks and the lovely Emma Thompson. Yes. Hmm. It's a good movie.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I'd heard of Saving Mr. Banks, but I, I didn't actually know what it was all about.
3: Yep, it's all about that. What he just read is the movie, <laughs> essentially. Oh,
0: Saved you some time.
3: Yeah. but watch it anyway. Yeah,
0: it's on my list. Definitely on my list. I, mean, it's, cause I always like the movies and like the stories of stuff behind the making of the movie. It's always entertaining. Now going on with our regular questions, I highly doubt this, but has this been a first-time viewing for any of us?
2: I mean, practically um, year. Yeah, you know, practically the first time for me because I mean, I, I watched this when I was very, very young, young enough that I <clears throat> really didn't remember anything about it. Really? Yeah. Huh. I mean, like I, I obviously am familiar with the pop culture references of it, but yeah, not like I had watched the movie regularly or anything.
1: It's probably time 4-ish for me, probably. Uh
0: Joel, I've lost count.
3: Yeah, I I I've seen it many times. I don't even know how many times. Multiple.
0: Yeah. This uh this was definitely not my first viewing. Definitely not probably not my last viewing either, um but I th- having kids definitely does mean that you see was- it more.
3: Just going to say, yeah, having kids, I I mean, I had seen it as a kid several times. But then once I had kids, I saw it again several times. And even since then, I've watched it.
0: Uh, Something else I wanted to add to this. I completely forgot before we get on to the animation scenes. Two of the animators in this movie were uh, Ollie Johnson and Frank Thomas. Uh, You probably don't know them by face, but know them by animation. They are the two guys sitting on the bench at the end of the first Incredibles movie. Oh, OK. Yeah. Part of uh, the original crew of animators though, of Walt Disney's team.
1: That's cool. Yeah.
0: But uh, no, I mean, this is lauded as one of the classic Disney movies, kids movies, family movies of all time. Uh, currently sitting on Metascore of 88 on Metacricket. Metacricket.
1: chirp
0: chirp
2: Chirp. (laughs) Godzilla vs. yeah damn it we went for the same joke yeah
0: (laughs) and um, on the IMDB popularity list it is sitting at a nice 75 huh yeah so let's go with the single guy with no kids
1: Pat what do you think two of us Oh well, no, I'm not single. Yeah, you're not you're single.
2: Not single. Yeah. Don't let Don't let Sarah hear you say that. What did I think of this movie? Is that what you're asking?
0: Yeah, is what I'm asking you.
2: That's I, what I for. thought it was a big pile of poop.
3: No, you didn't.
2: Yeah, I did not enjoy this at all. Like so much so that I fell asleep during it, and it woke me back up. Uh, it, at one point, when it got really loud, I was like, "Oh, like well, I am not rewinding what I missed." <laughs> what? Yeah. Is
3: he shitting us?
2: No. I did not like this at all. I mean, some of the songs were okay. I mean, obviously the most popular songs, you know, Spoonful of Sugar. Yeah, that's a fun song. Okay. You know, and whatever. And supercalifragilisticexpialidocious shit, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's fine. But the acting was awful. You know, it was overacting, scene chewing. Uh, The songs were really kind of just trite for the most part, the animation and the dancing. I mean, I'm not going to say Dick Van Dyke wasn't impressive in his dancing and everything, but it wasn't it like every song felt like it was like a minute too long. And like the choreography was just, the scenes went on way too damn long. Like the, the chimney sweeps lasted like 30 minutes. It felt like
0: that's because you fell asleep.
2: No, I didn't sleep during that part. I fell asleep. I missed the whole, like, you know, run on the bank thing. That scene, I slept through that.
1: Huh. Um, I'm kind of with Pat. Huh? <sighs> Huh? Um, yeah, it's like I remember liking this as a kid, but this movie seemed like it was about forty minutes too long, and every scene seemed like it was about five minutes too long. Mm-hmm. And there was no story to speak of beyond the most casual swipe at a story. It was just set up for scene after scene after scene.
2: Yeah, it was like it was basically like a loose thread of a plot to tie together different songs they wanted to put in the you know. Like I, I don't I don't care for musicals that are, you know, excuses for songs. I I like a musical that has a plot first and then you put the songs in. Like Showgirls. That's a great musical.
1: <laughs> Killing me smart. <laughs> Jesus. Huh. I, I, I don't know. I, I think a lot of people like are, are so invested in their memories of this film that it's very difficult for people to think critically about whether it's actually any good.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. Like looking at it from just a purely like I'm a you know 47 year old man watching this with fresh eyes because I don't even remember seeing it since I was like fucking five years old or something last time I saw it. Yeah, it's just not it's not good. I mean, Julie Andrews is is obviously the best part of the whole movie and she's great, but everything else, you know, even Dick Van Dyke is just it, Dick Van is just too much. And it's never really explained what the hell is going on. It's just suddenly we can be inside of a charcoal drawing because we can, and like there's people that live in this drawing. And like, what happens when the rain comes and it wipes it away? Are all those people just dead now?
1: Uh, I mean they're magic people. It doesn't matter. They're...
2: NPCs have feelings too, Josh.
0: I For
1: both of our sakes, I hope that's not true. <laughs>
0: Joel, I honestly got to have no idea where to take this.
3: I, I, I feel like they've hung themselves, so, you know, I mean. I mean, I.
2: But, what? Okay, then defend it. What do you love?
3: It's a story
0: about two kids dealing with the fact that their parents pay them no attention. The Father's all completely absorbed with work. The wife is completely absorbed with votes for women and her, uh, you know, um, public or her what do they call it? Her charity work. And they go to Mary Mary Poppins appears to help them discover a way to connect with their parents and the parents to discover that they actually need to pay attention to their
3: kids. And they do it through a series of songs and taking leaps into their imaginary places. Or is it real or is it magic? And it's 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 very childlike. And I I I I love this film. I you know. This is one of my favorite Disney films also. I mean, seeing it with adult eyes, I, I enjoyed it just as much because it's just an enjoyable, fun, safe, friendly, you know, it doesn't have to have, you know, an incredible in-depth, you know, plot with.
0: Explanations. uh, I don't know.
3: Right. Or, or amazing performances that are Oscar worthy. It just has to be entertaining and fun and, enjoyable and that that's i think it was successful in spades and and yeah maybe some of that's a little bit of nostalgia because i did love it as a kid but seeing it as an adult watching it by myself i enjoyed it just as much as i did when i was you know eight years old or whatever
0: i've got the picture disc (laughs) with all the songs on it
3: i i have it on the 40th anniversary on dvd but that's not as cool
0: no, but I mean that's I don't know. But I, hey, no, oh, good. No, I was gonna say I I can't expect you know Josh and and Pat to have the same outlook on it because I I guess you and I Joel watched it with our kids, so it's partially we've got the memories of that also uh, carried along with the movie that make it more attractive for us, I guess.
2: I yeah, really would... still... Yeah. Yeah. No, go right. ahead. I was gonna say I really was hoping I could watch this with my 11 year old niece, but it turns out she she was in a, a swim meet today, so I didn't get a chance to. But um, because I have a suspicion that like a kid from now would really not dig this movie all that much.
3: Uh, my kids still love it. I mean, At, they loved it when they were kids? little. Well,
2: that's what I'm saying. Like I'm saying, like if I you know it, try to introduce it to an 11 year old who is a Fortnite addict, I don't really think she would you know.
3: Well, I mean, if she's never seen it before, I mean, that's, you know, yeah, that's
2: my point. You know, looking at it as like as like a you know a, a
3: but, child, you don't know. but
2: not childish enough, you know, like a kind of a se- semi teenager.
3: But it it may make her realize that she is still just kidding, and it's okay if you guys don't like it. I mean, I'm not mad at you or nothing. I mean, you're free to have your opinion. I'm mad. Um, Fuck you all. But <laughs> John enough. You know, we're done. It's just kind of a surprise is all that that's just kind of, I was not expecting that. So I'm kind of like,
2: huh? It's really a surprise that I didn't like Mary Poppins.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'm not surprised that Pat doesn't like it. I was surprised that even given my memories that when I decided to like, take a look is like, do I think this is any good that the answer turned out to be no. Hmm.
3: And I guess for me, I don't go into it expecting, uh, you know, Othello. I, I go into it expecting to have a, a fun time, you know, sing along, be happy, and, and just kind of enjoy a pleasant ride. Title your sex you know, tape. I, <laughs> <laughs> if, if I wanted something that was thought provoking or that had, you know, a more wordy, in depth Quentin Tarantino script or something, I, I'd watch choose The, the No Mobile. Oh
1: yeah, I mean, I would have settled for not boring. Yeah, wow.
3: I don't know. I guess I, I just, I never find it, I never found it boring because you know,
1: and I, I found the whole
3: song, song, and
2: the whole plot of like the old retired guy blowing a cannon every hour and the house shaking and everybody. I didn't. I mean, it. There was a lot of stuff in the movie like that that felt like really bad attempts at comedy that just were not funny.
1: See, I kind of liked that. I was a little bit more weirded out by the whole bankers are evil thing. Like there's, I got nothing against charity, but like, if you want to save your money, your default, a horrible person was a weird, hot take. Okay. well,
2: that, that was very, that was very much the counterculture feeling, you know, of the day, like, you know, the, the old rich corporate guys are the, are the enemy, you know, I mean, I don't know. That's the best I can do to explain
3: that. Well, I'd, I'd say that's still a lot of people's opinion though.
2: Yeah, for sure. But I'm just yeah. saying like, you know, they, they rep, you know, the, the way it was represented in pop culture was like, you know, always have the evil Scrooge McDuck type character as your, your corporate businessman.
1: And I mean, I get what you're saying, I don't know. It's it's weird to see it in the mainstream. It's it's a very like community college Marxist kind of thing, and I uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it was just very odd to me to see that in a in a mainstream production.
0: Now, if we were to narrow down, just having one, can you can you uh, given the choice of all all the songs, do you have like one that didn't suck quite as bad for all of you?
1: Uh, actually, I I don't hate supercalifragilisticexpialidocious or uh chim Chimney. even though the the scenes were longer than i would have liked i didn't hate that stuff
2: huh yeah i would go with the chim Chimney song
1: not i love to laugh oh
2: my god that was so annoying
1: yep i'm with pat on that one and uh Jolly holiday with Mary uh, like I like the animation, but the song itself was uh, pretty kind of awful yeah it so.
2: got it got really really old after the first ninety seconds. I'm like, all right, can we end this fucking number already? but I love to laugh it was just really really bad all right I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I we've
1: stunned him yeah yeah we we
2: have yeah. broken Joel and Mike apparently
3: yeah. huh? I, we're, I, it it's like. <laughs> It's like if we went and, and watched, and this is not saying this is a great example, but it's like if we went back and we watched The Wizard of Oz again, we already I did this show. I will punch you right now. Let's say we went <laughs> right we Return to Oz. But let's say we all went back to watch Re- Wizard of Oz, and we did the show on that, and then we did uh, like Wicked or something. We did that and show. Mike and Mike I. Were, yeah, we did do that No, too. we did Return to Oz and... Uh, oh, the new, that's right. Oz, right he did. Our, but if we did the original Wizard of Oz and then we got to this point and Mike and I were both like, you know, it just, it didn't hold up. It wasn't what I remembered. I don't know.
2: Yeah, but but that would not it, be true. It just,
3: yeah. But it just felt kind of that same way. Like, like I expected you guys to be
0: like, the Wicked Witch of the West you know. was not a real villain.
2: Oh, shut <laughs> up. She had flying monkeys, dude. That's but fucking I frightening. I love monkeys and flying monkeys is fucking frightening.
3: <laughs> It's just that same kind of uh, kind of surprise, I guess, for me, because you know it's just one of those things that feels like it's just a given, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, like yeah, I'm trying to think of Star what. Wars, right? The original.
0: Man, look like, at me, I'm the witch. I'm gonna stop him with a field of flowers. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs>
2: poppies, you dink. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, all right, that's all right. Everybody's got their opinion, and.
2: I'm, you can't okay. you you can't compare Bert to the scare to the scarecrow, so don't even try. Bert was a better dancer.
1: Oh Jesus, uh, I'm with him on that. If yeah. if there's uh, anything like you can fault uh, Dick Van Dyke on his acting, on his comedy, uh, on any number of things, but his dancing was without compare.
2: Yeah, he's, a, he's he was a great physical comedian when he was young and limber.
0: Okay, so at least we got that. I'll take it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Huzzah! All right, so uh, when we get back, I'm curious to see how this is going to go now. I am too! Uh, We're going to talk about Mary Poppins Returns, the 2018 uh, sequel to 64. So uh, we'll be right back. All right, we are back. And uh, we are going to talk about Mary Poppins Returns. Uh, This one's 2018, just came out last year. And uh, this one's set in Depression-era London. The now-grown Jane and Michael Banks, along with Michael's three children, are visited by the enigmatic Mary Poppins following a personal loss. Through her unique magical skills and with the aid of her friend Jack, she helps the family rediscover the joy and wonder missing in their lives. It says it's written by Disney, but I don't know if it's Disney Disney or just somebody that grabbed that name. (laughs)
3: written by disney
0: disney so yeah so uh mary poppins directed by rob marshall uh has done such other things as into the woods and the uh, film version of chicago so very popular
1: film yes
2: Mm -hmm. any relation to penny marshall
1: Mm -hmm. i thought so actually brother maybe no that's frank oh maybe that's who i was thinking of then Older brother of Kathleen Marshall. Ah. Oh, ex- oh, wait, no. Her ex-husband was Rob Reiner. Right. Yeah, no idea. Don't think so. Hmm.
2: It's not like that's an entirely uncommon last name. No. For sure.
0: Not at all. Uh, this is also written by Will Peel Travers, again, for credits for Mary Poppins and David McGee. Uh, who was part of the writers for Life of Pi, Finding Neverland, and Mrs. Pettigrew Lives for the Day*? For a Day. Out of those three, guess which, guess which one I've seen?
1: Mrs. Pettigrew Lives for a Day. Yes, yeah, I, I
0: have. have. It's actually a really good movie.
2: Um, is it about a housefly? Because they only live for a day.
0: Yeah, we got it. Yeah, that's... But
2: they have okay. short lifespans is what I'm saying.
0: I'm giving Joel the point for that one. Uh, uh, That is the ultimate punishment Yes Uh, Don DeLuca is the other one uh, writing on this And he is the also producer for Into the Woods, Pirates of the Caribbean God, which one is this? On Stranger Tides And Nine Nine? Is that one?
3: No Oh, I was thinking that's Seven Um,
0: This time around Mary Poppins is played by Emily Blunt which I think was a great cast in, the, in this
1: Absolutely. One. Like, I, I'm not, sh- like, there is not another Julie Andrews, but if you were gonna try. Yep. Uh, I actually recognize her from uh,
0: the Adjustment Bureau. One of my favorite weird... You
1: really like that movie.
0: I do. It's, it's honestly, I think it's one of the few sci-fi movies made after a Philip K. Dick book that really keeps the spirit of the book. Um, Lynn manuel Miranda
1: is Jack
3: who's that guy
1: yeah i mean you want to talk about someone who if you want to find an analog for the modern dick van dyke like it might not seem that way to you guys but like especially to people who are just a little bit younger than us he's the biggest thing on the planet sophie is all about him
3: as is juliana
0: yeah um Jack in this, uh, he played Reggie in the Odd Life of Timothy Green, and was strangely enough in the music department and composer on Moana and Star Wars Episode Seven,
1: Force I mean, Awakens. Plus, plus Hamilton.
0: Yeah, that too.
3: Well, and if you have seen Moana, you can recognize his voice singing. Yeah. Uh,
0: moving along, Ben Whitshaw is Michael Banks, who initially I thought was just who who plays um. Watson and Sherlock Holmes again. I forgot his name.
3: Martin Freeman? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He looked like a Harry Martin Freeman.
3: Huh. Eh.
0: Yeah, I
2: don't, I don't, I don't see
0: that. that. I don't know. I think it was a nose, but he's also been in a Cloud Atlas, Perfume, and a really weird movie called The Lobster.
3: I've wanted to see The Lobster. Perfume was awesome. And there's a Nirvana song about it, the book that it's based on. Perfume? Yep.
1: Oh. I've heard a lot about Cloud Atlas. It's on my list to eventually
0: get. go. Me too. I, it's on my list, but I don't have three hours that I can block off for a movie right now. That, it's a long freaking movie. Uh, Emily Mortimer as Jane Banks. Uh, you know her from Lars and the Real Girl. Or Harry Brown it was a D.I. Alice Frampton in that one. She was on
3: Friends. Was she? Yeah. Oh. She was going to marry Ross.
0: Never... I never was a big Friends guy.
3: But uh, I
0: think that, that the, Emily. Uh,
3: she was a good analog for uh, the young, yeah, Jane. Hmm. Thanks. Yeah, she really
2: oh, was. I thought you were uh, still talking about friends.
3: Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. So also starring Pixie Davies. That's a great name. As Annabelle, the, one of the children. Uh, she also plays Bronwyn in Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. And uh, Princess Elizabeth in TV show The White Queen. And the th- I, don't,
2: I don't know what any of those shows are.
0: The uh, Miss Peregrine's home for
2: nope, children? None of them.
0: That's a movie. It's pretty good. It's a uh, Tim Burton movie. Uh, also, uh, Nathaniel Sala plays John. Mary Poppins Returns also Arthur in Game of Thrones. Just assume that's you guys. I don't know who that character is. <laughs> Nath- going down, Joel Dawson is Georgie. I like Georgie. I thought I like Georgie. Yeah, I thought he was really...
1: Was Georgie the little one? Yeah, he
0: was the little one who was like 100% in on everything. So, I like Georgie. I thought he I thought he echoed the original uh, Michael very well. So, Julie Walters as Ellen. The housemaid. You may also know her as Molly Weasley from Harry Potter movies. Oh. Ah. Yeah, first thing out of the kid's mouth. Meryl Streep as Cousin Topsy. Colin Firth as Wilkins and Wolf. Jeremy Swift as Gooding and Badger. Uh, trying to figure out where I knew him from. Uh, Suzanne knew him from watching Downton Abbey. And I, for some reason or another, I could not figure out where I recognized that guy's face from. But he's done a ton of stuff. But uh, moving on, we've also got Kobna Holdbrook-Smith as Fry slash Weasel. Uh, sneaking in of a Dick Van Dyke as Mr. Dawes Jr. That and was a nice yeah, surprise. It was. It was. It was and I, I everybody was taken was pleasantly happy about it. You know, it was a good a good nod. It wasn't a, for you guys the scene that he did was short enough to be entertaining.
1: <laughs> Plus he didn't have the horrid cockney accent.
0: True. Uh Angela Lansbury as the balloon lady at the very end. Uh David Warner as Admiral Boom this time around. Uh don't know him, Sark and Tron. He's in Titanic, In the Mouth of Madness. He's been all over the place. The man has 223 credits to his name.
3: That's Boom. porn level acting. That's like, look at a porn star's resume that's been around a while.
2: I'd rather look at their body of work.
3: Ah. Uh, hmm?
0: Pat gets a point. He's at negative Yay. three. I, that one. Yeah. I
3: get the assist, though. I set him up. You
0: get you get the assist. You get that on your record. You don't get a point for that one, but Patrick still is right now at to negative three.
2: All right. All right. I'm still up lifetime, I'm not worried.
1: Jim Norton.
2: <laughs> Are uh, you though?
1: <laughs> is...
2: Against Joel, yes.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what you meant in general. No,
2: no, hell no, no.
1: Just specifically against Joel.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're you're pretty much destroying him. He, this is this is one of the outlier games. <laughs> uh, Jim Norton is binnacle, the guy lighting the cannon for Admiral Boom. Joel, he was in the original Straw Dogs. Ah. Yeah. Recently, uh, Water for Elephants, back in twenty eight. The Girl, uh, I'm sorry, 2011, The Boy in the Striped Pajamas for 2008, uh, and also we play Sir James Walter in Elementary, the American version of Sherlock.
2: I like Jim Norton.
0: Yeah. He's,
2: He's got a, a funny a, comedian.
0: Got some stuff going on there. Uh, so trivia. As we said before, uh, Mary Poppins is being written. And Julie Andrews said, "Hey, I'm pregnant," and they held off on doing the movie. Uh, when this movie was announced, Emily Blunt said, "Yeah, about that." She was also pregnant when they announced the movie, and they po- postponed the filming of this to accommodate her until after the pregnancy.
1: How crazy is that?
0: I know, right? It's wacky pants. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julie Andrews actually turned down a proposed cameo to appear as the Balloon Lady, and she feared that would be too distracting from Emily Blunt's performance. Uh, Julie said, this is Emily's show, and I really want it to be Emily's show, quite poetically. The Balloon Lady part went to Angela Lansbury, who actually was considered for the role of Mary Poppins in 1964. I thought it
3: was a fun tribute to that. But I was also a little saddened that Julie Andrews didn't appear, but I'm glad to hear it was on good terms because I thought maybe there was some bad blood or something.
0: No, not at all. In fact, Julie Andrews um was a hundred percent for Emily Blunt playing this
3: character That makes me happy because I didn't do any research on that because I figured it would come up on the show, and I'd rather be legitimately <clears throat> surprised either way.
0: yeah. no, apparently, yeah. Uh, she gave it a blessing. <clears throat> she said there wouldn't, you know, she could not think of anybody else uh, that could play. Mary Poppins better than her and gave thumbs up all around for that. Except
3: for The Rock, maybe.
0: Yeah, The Rock. Well, I mean, that just goes naturally. Uh, At the age of 93, at this time of the movie's release, Angela Lansbury is currently the oldest female actor ever to appear in a Disney film. She is two months older than the oldest male actor in a Disney film, which just happens to be Dick Van Dyke, who set that record with this film also. So two 93-year-olds. Uh, It was also director Rob Marshall's intention right from the beginning to use hand-drawn animation for the film's animation sequences, due to his love for hand-drawn and also to pay homage to the first film. Disney executives sitting in their rooms looking at each other in their boarding... doing their executive type things initially wanted the film to have cgi and computer animation for its animated sequences it's infuriated marshall he then fought hard to convince disney executives to let his hand drawn and also argued why it would be the right choice and then ultimately they gave in and they did all hand-drawn animation for the film
3: which that was one of the things juliana got most excited about when she was watching it with me
0: yeah it the animation i think was spot on like world for world look yes you know it seemed like they were all characters from the same bowl (laughs) back then and now Um, this is actually released 54 years after mary poppins and setting a new record for the longest gap between a live action film
1: and its sequel so kinds kind of records there be the trivia it's interesting i I wondered if this would show up in the trivia and it didn't Uh, they borrowed heavily from the second book for the second movie Like, a lot of the stuff in this wasn't just made up out of nowhere. Oh, Um, and this this isn't something I put on the trivia. This is
0: something I wanted to discuss because the... Emily Blunt actually read the books before playing Mary Poppins. And apparently, Emily Blunt's Mary Poppins is more towards what uh, the author had in mind for her. She's more book Mary Poppins than movie Mary Poppins.
1: uh, I had... Heard that as well, just in the context of Mary Poppins in the books is not as likable as she is in the movie. And uh, she's a little more vain. So, yeah, that that's kind of cool.
3: Yeah, I mean, she has her moments in the story where she's a little vain, but it's passing.
0: I thought it was <clears throat> I was a little taken aback by Mary Poppins doing cabaret. I liked it. <laughs> Didn't realize I like Mary Poppins with short hair, but you <laughs> <laughs> realize not I, much I much really people. liked that. Yeah, it was a good thing. Uh, no, that I mean, it's it's a different take on her, uh, and I I agree that if it would not have been the movie, it was if she had just tried to mimic
3: Julie Andrews.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, and I felt like she paid homage and and did the the character justice without. Like you said, aping the original, you know, it felt like an extension of that character.
1: Yeah, this movie got pretty thoroughly panned, and I don't know. I I kind of wonder if people weren't viewing it with the— uh, they're comparing it to their memories of the original rather than the reality of the original.
3: The S- Star Wars eyes, as I yeah. call it, where no matter how good the Phantom Menace was, it was never going to be Star Wars, so therefore it's terrible.
1: Yep. Yeah, it's a good way to put it.
3: <clears throat> Whereas, um, I, I had the exact opposite reaction with this film. I had no expectations, and I watched it. Juliana, Laura, and I sat down and watched it together, and we were all just—I mean, I don't think I've seen Juliana have that much fun with a movie and ever, because <laughs> hmm. um, she loves Mary Poppins anyway. But um, she was just like ear to ear smiling the entire film, and Laura was in loved it. I loved it, and even Lucy was sitting on the couch, actually watching scenes from it. Like sitting there watching for ten or fifteen minutes, just staring at the TV, watching it too. So it had mass appeal, if you want to go so far to say that.
2: Okay, Pat, shit all over. Bass it appeal.
1: (sighs) Okay, Pat, shit all over it. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
2: the spoiler, the the spoiler that I was going to give you earlier was um, I. Didn't care for this enough to even finish it. How far did you get? Um, well, I got—I—I I fell behind with a lot of the stuff I'm trying to do. because, as, as you guys know, but the listeners probably don't know, I'm leaving on a road trip to come up to Chicago and Indianapolis uh, for Gen Con and everything that we're doing and for my vacation. What? And therefore, I've been very busy doing things today. And over the last week, I've been working a lot. So I did not get to finish watching the movie today. I got about uh, forty-five minutes into it, and I realized I was just going to straight up run out of time, and it just was not a priority. And all I can say about it was, it seemed like it was better. I was definitely wouldn't would wish I had watched it instead of the original one first.
3: It? We're not. We're not,
2: <laughs> yeah, we're not sure. Oh, I definitely wish I'd have watched it instead of either one of these. But um, I I admittedly went into it. Immediately after watching the first Mary Poppins and not enjoying it and thinking, oh, God, I can't believe I'm going to have to watch another one of these. So I was a little biased. And at first, I thought it was just a straight up remake. I didn't really pay attention to the fact that, you know, it said Returns or whatever in the title. I just was like thinking it was just going to be a remake. And then when it dawned on me that, you know, those were the two kids growing up, I was like, "Okay, well, that's kind of cool. But I mean, you know, the acting was better. I think Emily Blunt was, you know, very good. Very personal, serviceable, but I—I I mean, this is what I wanted to try and warn you of. I honestly don't have a huge opinion either way about this because I didn't get a chance to finish it. So sorry for the letdown.
1: Yeah. We're used to it by now.
0: Yeah,
2: I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah. It's not—it's not a full thumbs down or a thumbs up. It's just gonna be a thumb sideways.
3: An unfinished thumb.
2: Yeah, and I'm not gonna go back and watch it to finish it because I really just—I just don't care about Mary Poppins. Is what I've discovered this week, or, to, or rather, more correctly, today.
3: <laughs> At least you made it past the opening credits.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I made it all the way to the scene where they were uh, floating around in the water and singing and talking still, while
1: despite the fact they were in the water, and that was about as far as I got. What's weird <laughs> is, knowing where he got in the movie, I'm going to say some stuff, and Pat's going to be convinced I'm making sh-
3: that's pretty early on, though, is where he was at, though.
1: Like I said, I got about forty minutes into it. I'll just get into what I mean. If if I had a criticism, it was is like I don't think that in the Depression era of London there are quite as many sick BMX tricks. <laughs> that completely <laughs> took me out of them. I, I yeah, said I would, you were gonna think I'm making this up. <laughs> no,
0: and I have that in my notes. I have that in my notes. There's no way those were they wearing vans. It. <laughs> They were they were doing stunts on pegs and stuff. It was, it it completely took me out of any sort of immersion I had on this movie.
3: I it, think they were trying to make it a little more modern in that regard, but without being blatant.
1: I mean, modern and period piece at the same time. Choose a lane, guys.
3: I mean, it's anachronistic, yes, but that's not the only movie that's ever done that.
1: And, Night, Night Dale, would like to have a word with you. I like the movie. It was just something I observed.
3: Night's Tale. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that. I mean,
1: it took me out for for a second. I, it's I, not like,
0: oh, I was go gonna ahead. say, I could have bought all the lamplighters coming around on bikes. To, <laughs> I bought them scaling the Tower of London or scaling Big Ben. On mm-hmm. just seven-foot-tall ladders better than I did someone trying to lift a 58-pound bike over a park bench to do a grind on it. Well, at um, least
3: it was like one of those like big-wheel bikes. <laughs> I mean, that would have been more impressive. And by the way, I my one gripe I had <laughs> was during the ladder sequence. After he got to the top and all the guys were there and they nearly died, Mary Poppins come floating. And I'm like, just why didn't you do that from the it's, get-go?
0: It's, I. Uh, I said, it's Voltron's fucking sword. Why don't you just take the sword out the first time? Save yourself this whole battle.
1: Well, I, I kind of think that she's like, I want everyone around me to learn a lesson, but not at the cost of the Banks family home or or his life. Yeah,
0: you know he's going to he's going to springboard up to the clock off of three uh the ladders stacked together. So, but I I have to say
2: this sounds like a WWE tables, ladders, chairs event I missed.
3: You kind of did, really. Yep. Now you got to watch it.
2: No, you're not going to convince me.
3: Yeah. <laughs> you, you, no, 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 you're not going to do mean, it. Was s- Dwayne Johnson in this? Yes. No. <laughs> he was one of the pigments. ones.
1: <laughs> uh, some of the scenes were kind of check the boxes, let's redo elements from the original. Uh, you have the bowl is sort of the scene with the chalk. You've got... Uh, the, the lamplighters penguins. dance is kind of the uh, chimney sweeps dance. Mm-hmm. The penguins
0: there. You go to visit yep. the friend of Ma- uh, Mary Poppins friend that lives down the dark alley.
1: Yeah. Like oh. the uncle is th- the scene with her cousin.
3: Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed that aspect because uh, I don't know, th- this felt like a, a, like a, like a Disney movie, like an, like an old school Disney movie. They didn't, do what they're doing now, you know, where, you know, they they went straight up CGI for most things or they um are remaking their animated films into live action, you know, or they do a more modern take on an, a classic story. You know, this was truly original Disney style filmmaking and I appreciated that. Even if they kind of rehashed some of the things and retold a lot of the same aspects of the story, it still felt like a a different movie Uh, although i got to give i think it was uh mark scheiman wrote the music i got to give him a lot of credit for holding that same spirit as well
0: i'm all right with that (laughs) i'm with what you said but i think the thing about this one was i it was a lot blander i thought i thought it was pretty bland I didn't, uh, There was no song that I could walk away from. There was nothing that stuck in my head. I mean, there were, besides the burlesque scene was a little bit. That was <laughs> the thing. Um, but it. I don't think there was enough of that Disney magic to effectively say, "Wow, that was a that was a Disney film." This could have been. Uh, um, I don't know what's Don uh, Don Bluth's animation studio. Five all the mouse and all that. Oh shit. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. It seems like it's it seems almost like a Mary Pop and knockoff. Damn, I, just, I can't. Think I of just it. think it was just missing something that wasn't there from the first one, and I'm not saying it wasn't a good movie. I just don't think it was like full on Disney.
3: See, and, and to me, it felt like like 100 Disney. Like whereas Tangled felt like a, an old school Disney movie, but with a modern animation style and a modern kind of storytelling. This felt like an original Disney movie told in that classic Disney style for a modern audience. Mm. And I, I absolutely loved it. You know, spoiler alert.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm with Joel. Uh, maybe not as happy with it as Joel, but, and partially I think one of the reasons why I think it compares so well is because I didn't think so much of the original looking back.
2: Hmm. You
0: have a favorite song for any of these?
1: Yeah, I, uh, I'm a big fan of. Uh, oh shoot, I, I'm I blanked as soon as you asked it. Uh, <laughs> the the one about the light. I'm, the light. Yeah, the blinded light. by the light. Manfred <laughs> the Mann, they were in the.
3: <laughs> light. Um,
1: no, it's the big theme that they keep uh, going over and over again. It's a, like Lynn Manuel Miranda's uh, big number. It's their <laughs> lamplighter scene uh tripping a light fantastic maybe does that sound right
3: that sounds trying to find it here but i'm having trouble yeah. yeah we'll go with that
0: but yeah i mean it i mean it was good i mean it definitely did in i did enjoy watching the movie but i just felt it was just missing one little part
1: trip a little light fantastic
3: there that's you it. go that's the some...
1: and i actually like the cover is not the book Okay, just me then. The covers. <laughs> wait, I was, I'm, 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 I was
0: processing what you said. The covers, not the book.
1: Yeah, that was that, another song from that. Oh, that might have been the cabaret number, actually.
0: Oh, okay, yeah.
1: Just, just thinking about it.
0: Yeah. But
1: no, Like I said, I had a, I had a little,
0: you know, just a little bit of it that couldn't, I just couldn't get behind a hundred percent. But that's, you know, I mean, sounds like you and uh, Joel and J- Josh had really enjoyed it enough, so.
3: Well and and like I said I had three other ladies in the room that all enjoyed it quite a bit. Um Isaiah didn't want to watch it. He protested, went to his room and watched uh Parks and Rec. So, you know, okay. That's all right. That's the thing. Watching Parks and Rec.
1: But uh
3: all right. So yeah.
0: I suppose we could do thumbs up thumbs down, but I think we kind of got it from the first well, for part. For
1: organizational purposes, I think we probably should though. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So the then thumbs up thumbs down
1: that's a that's a no for me dog
3: (laughs) (laughs) thumbs up for me 100 percent.
0: yeah thumbs up for me pat what about you
2: oh Uh yeah thumbs way down both thumbs all the way down
0: now thumbs for the new one
2: i well i i either am abstaining or i'm a sideways thumb
0: i think you should abstain until you see the sick bmx tricks you can't you can't vote unfinished thumb.
3: joel josh
1: uh, for me, it's uh, it's a thumbs up, okay?
3: Uh, two thumbs up. I absolutely thought it was great.
1: yeah, I
0: mean, i'm I'm giving it a thumbs up also. I mean, i I did enjoy it. I just think it was not
3: as good as the original. but I thought it was a nice this is kind of the way I, 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 I viewed it. I thought it was a nice watching them almost, you know, back to back. It made me appreciate the original more, knowing where the story went, kind of like, I was never a huge fan of the original thing. I like it, but I don't love it. But then when we did the show on it and I watched the, the new prequel, it made me appreciate and enjoy the new one or the old one more. And as a unit, it made it a complete story. And this kind of did that for me. It didn't need to be told, but I still enjoyed it. It made me appreciate the original more because of it. Okay. So,
0: like I said, I, I enjoyed it. I give a thumbs up on the new one also, just missing something. But uh, anyway, Joel, what do we have on tap for next week?
3: Next week, well, for you guys, will have already happened. But we're going to be at Gen Con. And uh, somewhere along the way, something went missing. Uh, we're not going to say alcohol was involved, but
0: <laughs> we're I mean, doing you, uh, you got a 50-50 chance at that one. So it, <laughs>
2: Anything to do with this alcohol is involved.
3: We're uh, putting in a show that uh, you may have wondered where it went, and that would be the Arthur show. Yeah, we talked about doing Arthur, and Arthur never showed up,
2: so... uh, Uh, He got caught between the moon and New York City. You have been
3: waiting. (laughs) He has. I'm sure he has.
0: In fact, I heard him. I heard that noise where he was just standing. You can hear him jumping from toe to toe.
3: (laughs) Negative point for Gryffindor.
0: Oh, no, that's a great joke. You can't take points Uh, away. No, I'm not taking points away. You get two points. You're back to negative one.
3: Yay.
0: So and then in a, a miracle twist of events, uh, Pat gets five I'm pulling I'm pulling the uh, Hogwarts thing. Pat gets eighteen points just for existing.
2: Yay Joel loses. White privilege. Woohoo! You're both Yikes. white dude. That's a racist. <laughs>
0: Jesus Christ. Alright, so <laughs> what
1: hey Josh, if they want to call us and complain, where are they gonna call? <laughs> <laughs> Call 708-NOW-WRAP. That's 708-669-9727.
0: Yep. And again, if you want to see our older stuff, listen to us. iTunes, Blueberry Stitcher, Podverse FM, NoonFM.com, and all podcasting directories. Find us there. Also, on our home on the web at 40Go14.com. I'm going to go sweep my chimney now.
3: <laughs> Watching that scene again? We're
2: gonna get make, sure you, make sure you do it for like five minutes too long. <laughs>
1: Oh, he does. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I've got a rash. <laughs> God uh.
2: Yeah, no, that was uh, giving you the benefit.
3: Nope. Uh, You're close. The real song is giving you the benefit. In addition to... I swear to to God, I'm going to
2: stroke the fuck out. Oh, that's great. Uh, I am going to stroke out if we do not fix this issue.
3: Believe me, it's a problem for me too.
1: I <laughs> love it <her>. in
3: addition- <laughs>